Welcome to the Different Thinking Podcast with your host, Zach Hensrud. Welcome, welcome in. Welcome to episode number 14, Are Leaders Supposed to Be Liked? Now, that is a question that is for the ages. Now, when that question get, gets asked, there's really two schools of thought. Yes or no. And when you have the folks that say no, it's really not that they uh, say, no, you should be hated. It's more, I don't necessarily care whether my people that work with me in a business, an organization, a religious assembly, uh, wherever I am a leader at, I don't necessarily care whether they like me or not. I do care whether they respect me. Today's episode in going through this question is exactly what the podcast mission is all about. And if you recall in previous episodes, and I really like to cover what is this, what is the mission statement for this podcast? Because I, I think it's very important. You are spending, investing the time listening and applying these things that I'm sharing, you should know the the direction and the heart behind this podcast. The mission is very simple. This is a place where creativity is welcome, where conventional wisdom is tested and challenged, and growth and development is nourished. This idea, this question, should leaders be liked, is really a, a conventional wisdom something that you should settle on well before becoming a leader or early on into your leadership because it's very difficult to go back and forth. When you have a group of people that you're leading and you're liked and then you become disliked, it's very hard to get them back on the same page. As well as if you start with, you know, I really don't care whether they like me and the culture is such where you're not their favorite person. It's very hard to then get them to like you and to follow you. Uh, you'll find that it causes a lot of confusions, confusion in that organization. And, and so today's question is going to be challenge and tested. Why is it going to be challenged and tested is because I want you as a different thinking leader, someone that's listening to this podcast, really question, am I doing the right things? Am I really doing the right things when leading my people? Now, folks that really don't care whether or not they're like, they want to be respected. Generally, they're going to, when they're leading their folks are going to resort to intimidations. They're going to cause their people to fear their jobs, their, their uh, ability to participate in certain activities or, or with the organization uh, to be removed from the, the herd mentality. You'll see that a lot in religious assemblies that uh, if they don't do what the leader asks them to do, that there might be a removal process. And so there, when someone is 
thinking of this question of, okay, I'm a leader. Should I be liked or should I be, or should I not care? And really I look at it more as should I be liked or should I have that opportunity to be disliked? Now I should say this as a foundation to get going. All leaders make decisions and there are some decisions that are earmarked that will be unwelcomed and disliked by your people. And it doesn't matter if you lean on one side or the other. There are decisions that come up that will cause division in the sense of that they will not like it, nor will it be welcomed. And and really case in point was back in 2020 uh, during the coronavirus uh, pandemic. There was a lot of leaders making decisions and I was on a number of boards, uh, leadership boards with real estate, uh, with a networking group, with my religious, uh, assembly, my church, there was, I was on a number of leadership groups that were making decisions on what we should do early in 2020. And from experience, there were times that a decision was made that was not welcomed by people. And I heard about it. And I had conversations with people about how they did not truly enjoy that decision, but not once did it create a personal dislike towards me or any of my fellow leaders who were making those decisions. So when you don't necessarily care, you're going to be making those decisions that are going to create that dislike for what your decision is. And if they don't feel like you care for them, which I'll get into that in just a moment, they may start to turn that personally onto you. They may create those attacks towards you. Now, when, if you've listened to episode number six about turnover, you know, an organization that constantly turnover has turnover is not healthy. doesn't matter what you do. If there's consistent turnover in your organization, it is not healthy. You, you need to have some solid foundation, especially amongst the leadership, especially against the middle managers. If you are a large enough organization, you want to have some solidity where people uh, can, can see that there's not constant turnover. And if you subscribe to should leaders be liked and you say, no, they shouldn't, they should be respected, you may open that door more often to that turnover bug. So let's test this. And the best way to test this theory of whether leaders should be liked is there's when starting a business or starting an organization, there's two books I highly, highly recommend that you should read as you get going. I don't want to say before because a lot of times when I say read a book before doing something that can lend to not having, not taking any action. And then it delays you from actually doing do start, but make sure that these are on your reading list as you begin, because these two books will really create light speed for you in your business, your organization or your religious assembly light years ahead of where you would have been if you started without these resources. 
And the two books that I highly recommend uh, is number one, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. And that's from an organizational end of things. Highly, highly recommend you read that book. And if you haven't and you've been a business owner for years, read that book. I, I go back in time after reading that book and I, I, I went to uh, remembering my parents' organization, Precision Collision, and I said, wow, if they would have read this, they wouldn't have stopped at 25 stores. They probably would have had 100 stores just with some of the information that was in there that was easily executed that that could have set us light years ahead of where we were. The second book, and this is the book that I'm going to cover today that I could spend six or seven episodes on easily by covering content from this book, but I, I truly believe this isn't a this has to be on the must read list. And it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. How to win friends and influence people. Because the thing is, is you do not create success on an island. Those that are uh, Rambo on the call, and, and I call you Rambo uh, listening to this podcast, uh, those are the folks that think that they can just go in at anything by themselves and they can make it happen. I'm telling you, in business, in leadership, you cannot go it alone. No successful leader has been alone. They all have had people, leverage, They've all had somebody investing in them. And so with that idea of knowing that you cannot go through leadership alone, it's very important to have techniques on how to bring people in onto your side. And so how to win friends and influence people was written back in 1937. I can't believe we're, it, it's almost a hundred years and you could say, whoa, 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 hold on guy. Uh, it's 2022. I mean, you might be listening to this later on. Uh, it might not be that year, but at the time of the recording, it's 2022. Okay. It's been 85 years since the book was written, but it's close enough to a hundred. So this book was written in 1937 coming out of the depression. The, the, the copy that I have right now is a special anniversary edition that uh, was published in 1981, but the principles still hold true. And I think when you test this for conventional wisdom and you, you start to test and challenge it, you'll start to find that even truths from 1937 are still relevant today in 2022 and most likely will be relevant in 2037, a hundred years later. Now in the book, Dale shares six ways to make people like you. And I'm going to reframe these as six ways to really connect with your people and getting them to like you. Because here's the deal. When they like you, they will respect you. Now, I can already hear people sending me messages or uh, those that know me well may call me up and say, Zach, 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 listen, listen. 
when people like you, you become a pushover. They can push you over. They can get you to do things that, you know, because you want to be liked. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying go in there and make everyone like you. So you're going to hang out with the cool kids or you're going to, you know, change everything to casual Fridays when that's really against what the, the, uh, your bosses may have, uh, you know, you're going to, uh, I, I remember back in, I think in high school, uh, someone said, you know, we're going to put a, a soda machine, uh, in the hallway or something to get the kids riled up to vote for them to be president of, of, uh, the school or whatnot. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about stepping outside yourself, doing something that's really against, uh, you know, what the organization should do, uh, to get people just to like you, you know, uh, it's, it's much more different. This is really on how to connect with your people so that when it's time for them to move on. And I say when, because the truth is that everybody that works for you, unless they're an owner, there's going to be a time that they'll decide whether or not they're going to continue working or if their life situation changes to where they're going to move on. And so when they move on from your organization, because they will not always be there, that's going to be an episode topic of itself. A different thinking leader understands that the people that are working with them right now in an organization, religious assembly, a business, they're only there for such a time and then they're going to move on. And so you need to have a community of growth of who's going to step in next. Again, that's a different episode and I'm not going to jump down that rabbit hole. But with your people right here, they have to know that you like them and they will like you. And so these six ways or these six steps that I'm, that I'm going to cover real quickly in the book is very simple. Principle number one, become generally interested in your people, or as the book says, other people become genuinely, genuinely interested in your people. This is very important that you take the time to get to know your workforce, to get to know the people that are in your assembly or in your organization. Anytime you're a leader, it's very important to know your people, get to know where they're what they're interested in, what they enjoy, what they dislike, where they're from. Now, this is not a, I'm going to bring you into an interview and say, okay, sit down, please. We're going to go through 20 questions. And as we go through these 20 questions, you know, please answer them as honestly and open as you can. That does, that doesn't work right. It's as you go, have conversations as you go, get to know their interests, write it down. Keep a log of this and I'll show you other steps that you can use this information to even deepen that relationship. Principle number two or step number two is when interacting with your folks, unless it's a very serious conversation, smile, smile as you come in, smile as you greet them, smile as you go about your day. Now, this is a proactive, intentional step that you have to take. As a leader, you will feel stressed. The episode number 12 covered stress, right? You will feel stressed. 
your face will say you're stressed. But it's very important that when being around your people to be proactive and intentional about a smile. This happens to me all the time. I'll come into an office or my my office and my team will be there and I am stressed to the max and my face says it. And I can already tell that first interaction when I do not intentionally smile puts people on edge. Like, oh no, what's, what's up with Zach? They don't want to ask it. They don't want to know, but they know something's up. And so usually I take a moment, I step away, I go to a quiet place where there could be a mirror and I will intentionally smile because it's not their problem. It's not their problem, right? No matter what the stress is, it's not their problem. So smile. Point number three or principle number three, remember that the person's name that you're interacting with, the person that's in your organization Their name is the sweetest and most important sound in any language. We need to remember that their name means something. Say their name. Say their name. Make sure when you're interacting with them, say their name. I know this sounds really like, okay, this is kind of out there, but as you're connecting with somebody, Make sure that you acknowledge them personally. Say their name. Principle four, step number four, be a good listener. And this kind of goes back up to step one and principle number one, where it says to be genuinely interested in other people, but be a good listener and encourage others to talk about themselves. I love this. This is one of the most important steps I feel is as you're engaging with people, Get them talking about their interests, their family, where they're from, what they want to do, their aspirations. Talk very limited about yourself. And really, it's not important. I am a strong believer in that it's not important that my people know what I'm aspiring to, but it's very, very important to know what they're wanting out of life or what their goals are, what vacations they want to take. And I celebrate those things. And when you get them talking about themselves and you're engaging and you're learning, all of a sudden now they have this belief that you're genuinely interested in them. And you are. You want the best for them. Number five, again, comes kind of in line with number four, but it says talk in terms of other people's interests. When you're goal setting or when you are uh, connecting with them about an overall goal or where, where the organization's moving to bring up what interests them, what's important to them. People will know right off the bat, if you are in it for yourself or you're in it for them. And it's very important for a healthy organization, a healthy business that your people know that you're in it for them. A different thinking leader knows that they cannot get from point A to point B without the people that are working with them. And they view it as such. They view uh, their folks as people that work with them, not for them. This isn't, let me put them under my thumb and make them work really, really hard. And then number six is make other people feel important and do it sincerely. This is something you can do very, very simply. We do this in our organization. It's called retention gifts. 
where we have our staff select an agent uh, that they would like to to bless or to just let them know that we're thinking of them. We have what they're interested in. We take notes about that. We really get to know them. We learn their names, not only their names, which is a common practice. You have to know their names. We learn their significant others' names or those people that are most important to them in their life. We even start to learn their kids' names or what their kids are doing or aspiring to. And we want to we want to show them that we're thinking about them. And so we use those retention gifts as a unexpected extra, something for them to really see that, hey, the the owners are are, are thinking about us. The leadership staff are thinking about this. And so whenever you're operating in a organization or religious assembly or, or, or a business, find those little extras that you can share with people. To let them know that you're thinking of them. The small stuff is the win. Folks, I, I truly believe that you should be a leader. A different thinking leader should be one that wants to be liked. Because yes, you're going to come up with unpopular choices. But when you're liked, you're also respected. And your people understand then that you're making this choice not because you want to it's more of a need to, and this need to is going to get us to our mission. And when I say us again, a different thinking leader does not operate by themselves. They don't say, Hey, you guys need to hit this goal so I can get here. No, that's not how that works. We are rowing in this direction so we can get you where you want to go. Thank you for listening to this episode. Should leaders be liked? Yes, I think they should. I'd love to hear from you. Know that you can reach out to me at any time uh, at hello at differentthinkingpodcast.com or wherever you connect on social media. Please go ahead and head out to our Facebook page, Instagram page, Twitter page, like, share, share this episode with somebody that could benefit from this. And until then, remember today is a great day that you can create different thinking. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Thank you for listening.